You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, all my Utah friends and family. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on for a special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. This is it. This is our final episode of the year. And yeah, I am dropping it on New Year's Eve. A uh, little bit of a different route, maybe, than, than what we're used to. Normally, we have morning episodes and the Noah episodes have been kind of hit and miss uh, throughout the holiday season. And I appreciate everybody being patient with that. It's just uh, being sick. And also uh, working in sort of a retail side industry uh, for the day job, you know, it, it gets a little bit uh, difficult to schedule everything and get time in. Uh, that being said, I think everybody is on the same wavelength and that we're excited for tomorrow. So wanted to go over a couple of things as, as we're kind of rounding the corner and going into the final uh, stages of this one. First of all, I think the biggest concern with everybody was COVID. Are there going to be positive COVID tests? Is Utah going to lose anybody to COVID? What's that all going to be about? And the good news is that as of today, Friday, during the press conference, uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham mentioned that there was not uh, uh, any COVID issues with Utah thus far. Said knock on wood. That's good news for Utah. It's good news for Utah fans. It looks like they're going to have a full and healthy roster in terms of COVID. And I think that's been the biggest concern. The next concern is obviously getting to the stadium and, and getting there and, and getting settled in. As I was over there today, it does seem like they have things organized pretty well in terms of getting into the stadium. Use the Clear app uh, to, to, uh, to load your vaccine identification card. Uh, all that kind of stuff. If if you haven't already picked up a wristband, I went and picked up a wristband earlier. It was super easy. Um, if they have these, it's like a green wristband with a Rose Bowl logo and a check mark on it. So if you see somebody with a bag of those, maybe go holler at them beforehand. It just makes it that much easier to get in the stadium. The other big thing that I, I want to pass along is we're just kind of sharing as much information before the start of the game. So if you're listening you know, before or driving over to the stadium or whatever, who knows? Maybe you're just in, you know in bed like me and, and nervous and whatever. Uh, it does sound like a lot of the stadium is wet. Big surprise is it's been raining a ton here. And so some areas of the golf course that uh, normally would be open to parking are not going to be. If you already have purchased a parking pass, you'll be okay. That's not going to be an issue for you. If you haven't, uh, that might be the issue that you're going to want to look into. Some of the alternatives that I've heard taking the train in obviously uber and things like that are going to be a little bit more difficult to get into the stadium it is going to be a walk to get there so make sure you leave early make sure you give yourself plenty of time it is a massive stadium i think it's going to be a huge crowd uh regardless of of how many you know numbers have been thrown around i think there are going to be a lot of people there it is clear that there are a lot of utahns that have traveled for this game or a lot of utah fans or at the very least people who want to root for the utes in that game, uh, based just you know in, entirely upon my Twitter feed and, and walking around and seeing people, so uh, keep all that stuff in mind as as you head over to the stadium. Also, uh, you know, just as we kind of wrap things up, you know, there's there's uh, so many aspects to this game. I think that 
really stand out to me. One is just, you know, that, that it's finally here. Um, and it doesn't, you know, I'm sure tomorrow when we all get in there and it's a packed house and, and everybody's standing shoulder to shoulder, it'll feel a little bit more real, a little bit more like, you know, it's, it's really happening. Uh, all this week has been very fascinating to me is, is there's been a lot of different storylines. I think bowl week kind of becomes the, the week where everybody decides to tell the deep stories, right? So shout out to my colleagues, you know, Josh Furlong, Josh Newman, Obviously, you all know how much uh, af- uh, affinity, affection, whatever the word you want to use is, I have towards Steve Bartle. He's done a great job covering the uh, Rose Bowl as well, while mixing in some good, you know, uh, vacation time as as it should go on these kinds of trips. It's meant to be fun, everything like that. Shout out to Michelle Bodkin who wrote a killer piece, uh, uh, kind of like a, a diary of the season over there at youthzone.com obviously all the other beat writers joe coles and 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 jeff call for the desert news doing some good work over there as well so plenty of good content if, if you're still looking for things to read about the pac-12 network dropped a really neat video on twitter uh talking about the aaron Lowe and the, and the ty jordan situation uh also the washington post had a really good article uh about the whole situation as well i think We've all felt and noticed the uh, the the signs. We'll call them signs from above, um, and the way that this program has been influenced. That I've I believe that it'll either be between the third and fourth quarters, or the first break in the fourth quarter is when the moment of loudness will be at the Rose Bowl. And they uh, are saying, it, you know, if you're at home watching the game, make sure you take a video of it and tag Utah football on social media as well. So, uh, you know, something very, very cool will be happening because of that. And, uh, you know, those two young men are never far from our hearts or our thoughts when it comes to this program, uh, when it comes to this football team, when it comes to this season. And when you look back, you know, we, we haven't done a year in review necessarily. I don't know that we will. Some of that stuff where, you know, it's it's so formulaic and expected is not really the ethos of Locked on Utes because of me. Uh, I'll be honest about it. It's not my favorite kind of stuff. I like to talk about things that are prevalent in my mind or, or things that I really, you know, feel are important. And year in review can be a little bit tricky, I think, because sometimes it, it is just so formulaic and, and review, you know, and, and like it makes me think I'm just taking a test and, and what do we need to review? We already been through the test. It's been a crazy year, uh, both personally and, and professionally for me. Uh, it's been a crazy year for everybody. I think uh, for this football team, it's been an insane year. When you think about it, this Utah football team started out one and two. They were a Clark Phillips interception return for a touchdown away from being one and three. And then, you know, tragedy struck and this team bonded together and then uh, went above and beyond themselves, finished nine and one, made it to the Rose Bowl. And now the trajectory of this program is entirely in a different stratosphere. And regardless of what happens tomorrow during the game, Utah has done something and accomplished something that can never be taken away. They are Pac-12 champions. They are playing in the Rose Bowl. They're going up against one of the best football programs in the country, bar none. And we, for those of you who watched the the college football playoff, yeah, uh, Cincinnati got rolled and uh, Michigan did not look good uh, for most of that game. But, you know, uh, that doesn't mean that anything changes in terms of what Utah has accomplished because... Uh, you know, tomorrow they may beat, and then I believe that they will beat an Ohio State team that didn't have the season that everybody maybe expected them to do. Um, so tomorrow's going to be uh, a lot of emotion, 
tomorrow's going to be exciting. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to being overwhelmed by the number of, number of people that I see, talk to, and, and what I see overall on the field. And uh, I think it's also important that as we've talked about the run-up and everything, that there's been so much conversation about the worries and the concerns uh, that we also should talk about the good things that are coming tomorrow. You're going to see Britton Covey for one last time. Um, you're going to see uh, Mika Tafua for one last time, Devin Lloyd for one last time. And and I think if the comments from CJ Stroud talking about Devin Lloyd uh, are, are you know any kind of indication, uh, that's something to truly cherish, that you're going to get to see all those players play one last time. And as long as we're uh, picturing things to ourselves, I want you to all picture this. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Uh, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked. Utah fans, we know that you like it when your team gets it done. And that's why today I wanted to talk to you about Intercap because Intercap gets deals done. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs. It is the quick and simple process that Intercap uses to close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And that is what Locked On Utes personal loan officer Steve Carter has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including network founder david Locke, and you know that if steve carter can close a loan for david Locke and do it on time and do it fast and and stress-free that he can do it for anybody intercap is new to the locked on utes podcast but it is not new they've been around assisting customers with all their mortgage needs since 1978 that's over 43 years of experience and steve carter has been providing our Locked On listeners with the best experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all your mortgage needs in 40 different states. Give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. Again, that number is 385-800-8528. Give Steve Carter a call. Tell him that you heard about him on Locked On Utes podcast. Steve Carter with Intercap Lending, that number one last time, 385-800-8528. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Riding along here on the Locked On Utes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. I hope you caught the college football preview episode that we did here on the network. If not, you should definitely go back and listen to it, see how right or wrong everybody was. Myself and Jay Stevens did a little preview of this game, posted that uh, earlier in the week. Uh, didn't get a chance to talk to Sammy as, as scheduling you know, stuff, and, and same with Cole. I just never really aligned. Uh, I will be on 1280 tomorrow 
tomorrow morning talking to Jake Hatch, uh, just kind of giving a preview and a vibe for the game. But I wanted to talk and break down the game a little bit on here because I don't know that we've really done the the depth, in-depth hard-hitting analysis that, that everybody – look, you know, I, I, I can flatter myself all I want. I, people don't come here to listen to my jokes. You don't come here to listen to Jake and I talk about Bilt Bars or, or anything else like that. You come here because you want to know more about football and football analysis. And I think that's really where where the ethos of this podcast comes into play. And uh, you know, I think this is an interesting interesting game in a lot of respects. You know, we haven't really broken down the uh at Stats of War um Parker uh, I believe it's Parker Ellison and I don't, I don't know how at this point in time I still don't remember what Parker's last name is. Uh but uh it, it's uh you know, that's been a, a fun thing to kind of go through this year. And as we look at the graph, it's a lot of blue for both teams. Um, and so I think this is a pretty evenly matched thing. He had it originally, you know, when it first dropped is, is Ohio State being an 80% win probability. That was before they lost their four, likely four best players in, in Haskell Garrett, uh, Chris Olave, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Garrett Wilson and, and uh, Le Petit Frere, the, the left tackle. But for the most part, the numbers that really stand out to me is uh, as we're looking at everything, it's just Utah's offense versus Ohio State's defense in EPA rush. Utah's number one in EPA rush. They're number seven in echo rate. Ohio State's defense is 22nd and 11. And if you listen to the episode with Jay and I, we talked about this. Utah's group up front, if they can be physical, they will win this football game. That's really what it boils down to. If Utah can be physical up front on offense and defense, they'll win this football game. There are plenty of other topics of conversation in terms of, you know, defensive backfield. Who steps up? Is it Kane Savage? Is it a Kenzel Lawler? Uh, is it Elijah Lloyd? You know, uh, I believe that Kenzel might be hurt. Um, I, I, at this point in time, I can't really remember all that kind of stuff because it's supposed to not be talked about, even though things do come out here and there and you do hear a little bit uh, with that and the other. Uh, I do know that there have been some other players that have been moved over to that side of the football. Um I think there's one of them that might surprise folks. Uh, it's been a player that's contributed on uh, this team already this year, one that I've been very high on. Uh, so we'll see. We'll find out. We'll uh, we'll discover along with everybody else just what exactly Utah's plan is at the at the corner uh, position to to try and and give them a better opportunity against some of those. Ohio State wide receivers, they're still going to have a great wide receiving core. And and so you're still going to have to do things with Utah in terms of applying pressure, where you're bringing pressure. I think you're going to see a lot more zone out of Utah simply because of that. I think you're going to see a lot, a heavy, heavy dose of Cole, uh, Cole Bishop. I really do. I think you're going to see Devin Lloyd doing things that maybe we haven't seen Devin Lloyd do all year long um, in terms of where he lines up, how he lines up. Uh, we may see some Devin Lloyd with his hand in the dirt that, that Utah tries to use that to get more pressure and more speed rush uh, on Ohio State and to really force the pocket on C.J. Stroud and, and try and, and gum things up. I think we're going to see, need to see big games from Junior Tafuna and Leaky Vamahi. I think Utah has the kind of talent up front. And they have the depth, really, on the defensive line to where they can make it very, very difficult for Ohio State. But these guys are going to have to play really well. Uh, you're going to need to see an elite-level game from Devin Lloyd. I think that's bar none. You're going to need to see Vontae Davis play his best game of the year. I think that needs to happen. Uh, and I think it's possible. You know, This might be the healthiest that Vontae has been all season long. And I'm excited for that. I think Clark Phillips has a lot to prove. Uh, I think he's a guy that we're all going to look back on this game and, and, and think to ourselves, man, boy, that was really a, a make or break for Clark, and he, and he made it. 
and uh, so I think that's one that we can look at and and say you know that's a matchup to watch is, is maybe do we see Clark Phillips do a little bit more spotlight coverage do we see them flip their strength a little bit more because they need to match up against uh, you know the the Ohio State receivers that that are still there and still remaining in uh, Smith and Jigba and uh, um, you know I I think it's going to be very fascinating to see what Morgan Scally has done with a month to prepare for a Ryan Day offense. I think there's we're going to see some wrinkles. I really do. I think that Utah is going to really lay it all out on this one. You've had a month to get everybody ready, to get everybody healthy, and to get everybody prepared. And and you're going to have to roll with the guys that you have at this point in time. But at the same time, I think that you can bring a lot to the table with just what Utah has in, in their stable in terms of personnel. You know, you have some great safety plays. You have some Kamoi Latu stuff. You know, we're likely going to see some Karene Reed, and, and maybe we see some more of that cowboy defense uh, that we saw earlier with a three-three-five personnel and Devin Lloyd playing a little bit more defensive end. It, there's a lot of options here. They have to control uh, Travion Henderson. It's, it, that's going to be rule number one no matter what, is that Utah has to stop the run. They have to play good defense against the run game. They have to force C.J. Stroud to pass, and then they have to bring pressure. So the, the expectations from, from the front four, uh, whoever it is that they're bringing, however they're bringing pressure, I would expect to see a lot of uh, disguising and a lot of exotic looks You know, in terms of where you're bringing your pressure from. So you may only bring three or four guys uh, but you're going to bring them from different directions. And that's how you, I think that's how you attack CJ Stroud is, is you drop seven, you drop eight, you play some zone, but you bring your pressure from, uh, from different locations and you force this Ohio state offensive line to defend you at their weakest points. And, and so I think the left tackle position is one where I'm going to attack that heavily and I'm going to stunt there and I'm going to bring pressure. And maybe what I'm going to do is I'm going to stunt to that side and try and get everybody leaning that direction and then bring pressure from the, from the opposite side uh, around the outside. You know, whatever we can do in terms of getting their eyes moving and getting them confused, and getting them nervous like Utah did against Oregon, Utah needs to do. On the offensive side of the football, it's simple. You're, if you win the flip, you're going to take the ball. You're going to run it down their throats, and you're going to try and attack the middle of that defense as best you can the way that Utah has with that inside zone play uh, with Tavion Thomas. You're going to get them going downhill, and you're going to try and wear them down early. Uh, I would not be surprised to see Utah maybe go up-tempo a little bit and maybe try to uh, mix up personnel a little bit more. Uh, maybe the second or the third series of the game. First series, I want to establish the run. I want to establish my my culture, my go-to, who I am as a football team right off the bat. I don't want to mess around with anything else. I want to run the football. And if Ohio State tries to do the same thing that Oregon did in, in, in making sure that nothing happens with the run, then we'll shift, right? We'll run some play action. We'll hit the tight ends, and then we're going to test that Ohio State secondary. This is a secondary that uh, Seven Banks is not going to be there. So they're going to be a little bit, you know, uh, iffy as well. And, and it's really, you know, that that Ohio State defense is not nearly as tough as it's been in years past. Now, there's always talent there. And so you have to take some of this stuff with a grain of salt. You know, as I'm looking at uh, the Parker uh, stat sheet here um, I, for the University of Utah, it's, it's, you know, it's not like, like I said, there's a lot of blue, meaning that Utah's offense versus Ohio State's defense is a very even matchup. Uh the one thing where I see that Utah could be really beneficial on that is that their early downs uh, success, um, if they're good on early downs, that plays heavily in their favor. 
The other big thing, Utah has been excellent on third and fourth down. So if they stay on schedule with their first and second down plays and getting third and short, that does not bode well for Ohio State. They've been miserable on third and fourth down. And it's, you know, we've talked about it all year long. That This is how you win games is you execute on third down. So I don't know that you need to shake things up too much on the offensive side of the football. I really don't know that you need to think shake things up too much on the defensive side of the football as well. But you do need to make sure that you have strategies in place and that you get their eyes moving early uh, for Ohio State's offensive line, for C.J. Stroud, that you get them uncomfortable early on so that as, they, as you start to uh, move the ball offensively and score, they start to get more nervous and, and start to press and pressure more. And that's just how it's going to go. And, uh, I, you know, is breaking this down, I, I think that Utah has as good a chance as they'll ever have to beat Ohio State. I don't know about a prediction per se, but we'll go with this. Uh, Utah by five in honor of uh, a late friend. Um, well, I don't know if he was ever a friend of the program, but I was a friend of his, uh, Tom Barberry. So Utah by five, let's say 24 to nine, or uh, 34 to 29. Uh, just because I think that this one is going to be a higher scoring affair. It has been for Utah all year long. But having said that, I also would not be surprised to see this one get away in Utah, you know, kind of running away with it. This is a team that has been, you know, um, executing at a very high level. Didn't play their best game against Oregon in the, in the Pac-12 championship game, but executed highly enough and, and did so much on, on other ends, on, on other aspects of the game that they won. And I think that, You've got Britton Covey returning kicks and punts. That adds an extra element to it. You know, we'll see what happens with Utah and the punt team. It's been an issue. I would have to think that Ohio State's going to try and do something to make something happen there because they have to create some momentum. Otherwise, Utah will just continue to sustain things. Um, and Utah will do what Utah does. And uh, they'll run the ball. They'll control the ball. Cameron Rising will be efficient and effective. And if all that goes is according to plan, which I do think it will, then uh, you know we'll have a great opportunity to celebrate a Utah victory um, at the Rose Bowl. With it being the new year, uh, you know I know a lot of people like to set resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, great way to do that is by including Bill Bar in your plan. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, depending on you know how much you really like that sugary stuff. Sometimes you know it's, I like a little more flavor to mine. Uh, you know, it the the hardest part about eating healthy is that like it just gets old, right? Salad every single day, the chicken and broccoli and rice, it's tough by week three or four, and and you might think to yourself, is this really worth it? Uh, you know, maybe you're like me and you crave some sweets or something like that uh, after your meals. Built bars are 100 uh, percent covered in ch- real chocolate, but they only have 130 calories, four grams of sugars, four uh, net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories or 30 grams of sugar, and the choice is obvious. It's got to be a built bar. So if uh, you know if this is one of those things that you're setting a New Year's resolution, and hey, like I'm the last person to try and tell anybody what to do when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, go to your secret stash, swap it out for a built bar, uh, get yourself on the train. The best part about it, you can go to built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off to get you started. Uh, it's a great way to kick off the new year. Great uh, tasting built bar. Uh, plenty of good protein in there. That good 17 grams of whey protein in there. So, again, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order and start this new year off right at built.com.
Finishing things off here on the Locked On Utes podcast. Thank you for joining me today and all year long. Uh, I, you know, I don't talk numbers a lot, but the podcast has done an incredible amount of volume this year. Uh, there are thousands of active listeners. Uh, our active downloads are well into the six figure figure range for the first year of a let's call it a niche podcast. Uh, you know, like Utah, those are incredible numbers. Um, you know, for all the talk and discussion that people have about, um, you know, not getting enough Utah coverage, you're proving that there is value in providing more of it by listening to this podcast. So I appreciate that and uh, appreciate everybody being patient as uh, the holiday season was kind of up and down with your, you know, the voice of this podcast, more or less um, getting sick and obviously having to deal with everything going through the holidays. So wanted to roll out one last episode before we close out the year. And uh, thank you. And uh, as part of that, a little conversation that I had with Cindy Robinson, my, my co-host over on locked on pack 12, just about Utah and and the playoff situation and everything like that. I thought it might be interesting to everybody else. Hope you all enjoy the game tomorrow. Hope you have a great time. Um, I you know, hope the youths do exactly what we all think they're going to do and continue this stretch and, and march on. But regardless, it's a great season and a great, uh, great team and a lot to be proud of both for the team, for the program, for the coaching staff, for the administration and for the fans. Uh, it's been a tremendous season. On that note, here's the rest of my conversation with Cindy. So Rose Bowl is here. Um, I almost said Wisconsin. Ohio State <laughs> versus Utah. Night, U- right? Yeah, I know. That was not a pretty sight. We'll just say that. Not a pretty sight at all. <laughs> yeah, um, not, definitely not for Pac-12 fans. But, you know, the, the Wisconsin-Utah parallels, maybe that, you know, shows favorably for the Rose Bowl. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. We'll see. We shall see. Um, I'm excited, though. I really hope the Utes are able to pull this off. More so, like we've talked about all season long, they're fighting for something bigger than them. And so this would just be the cherry on top to a tough season that they had to deal with. Um, some hurdles, uh, battles, emotional, you know, situations. But they've also just evolved so much from the start of their season that it would be like kind of a Cinderella story in a sense, you know, just to see how much they've uh, fought back and actually like turn things around. I think the Pac-12 was a little rough this season because a lot of the teams that we saw take off at the beginning of the season or were expected to be great ended up not being so great and kind of mediocre even down to when we got to the bowl games. It's like there were six teams that made it to bowl games, three that have actually played so far and not one has come out with a win. Uh, Like I said, we're hoping Washington State can pull off a win and then hoping Utah can pull off a win so that we can at least say two of them, two out of four, I mean, two out of six. That's not great, but like it's better than zero out of six, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And and look, uh, this is the the tricky part about bowl seasons, right? These are exhibitions as we're finding out by the fact that they're just canceling games and saying, you know, whatever. But it was always going to be a weird... College football has evolved so much in the last two years with the advent of the transfer portal, the early signing day, everything like yep. that. You know, it's this is this is what's going to happen with bowl season. So I think there needs to be an evolution in terms of how we view these games, the importance of them. And, and eventually we probably should look at it and say, like, OK, maybe it's not the best thing in the world to be playing bowl games around this time of year. Let's put them at yeah. the start of next year and make those matchups somewhere fun that the you know, that fan bases can go and, and, and gather and do something different. You know, I've suggested that it'd be fun to have like a tournament style cup uh, between conferences. You know what I mean? Like it'd be really cool to do a Pac-12 ACC uh, conference, you know, slate 
I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. You know, I mean, like it wouldn't it, it, for us. It'd be awesome if Utah or, or Washington State went and played North Carolina, right? Because we could hang out with Candace. You know, we could right. do that thing. <laughs> You know, and it would be a fun game. There's a little bit of pride on the line because you're going to have a prize and something like that, you know, for whichever conference wins the most games. Right now, it's just like throwing darts at the wall, but yeah. there's no real dartboard out there, right? And and yeah. so these exhibitions become, uh, you know, uh, uh, that. They're just exhibitions. You know, we saw Pitt play with their third-string quarterback, and, and whoops, you know, what, what a – you know, a, a third string mistake he made as he throws a pick six right there at the end of the game. And, and you know, what a bad beat to, to to end the year. And that's kind of bowl season, right? So we've got a yeah. lot of hopes on, on Washington State. But the Rose Bowl still means something. And it's a huge deal to Utah. It's a huge deal to the Pac-12, I think. Because yeah. if you beat Ohio State and you had two Pac-12 teams beat Ohio State, um, look, I know that they're down, but it's still one of the best college football programs in the country yeah. uh, and, and maybe even history. And and that's a big deal for the Pac-12. It's a big deal for Utah. I don't think they're taking it lightly. They're going to give it everything they have. Uh, you're seeing that because all the guys who are declaring for the NFL have, have opted into this game for Utah, yeah. whereas Ohio State's a little different. Well, um, at this point, it's go Cougs and go Utes. Yep. That's where we're standing. We're backing the pack today. Um, I don't even need your prediction because we're just going to say that you, Utah's taking it. We're, we have that mindset. Utah's taking it. Don't care what anybody else out there is saying or thinking. Um, but I do want to get, before we wrap it up, I want to know if you have any New Year's sports resolutions. Ooh, resolutions probably do a better job of scheduling out locked on youth so that I'm more organized would be one. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just, you know, I'm going to try and enjoy the moment. And, um, you know, I think this season's taught me a lot in regards of how things are bigger than football, bigger than sports. Uh, so I'm excited to be at the game. You know, I'll be there with family. I'll be there with a lot of friends. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the turf. That's a really dumb thing to get excited about, but it's the most beautiful turf in college football. So uh, it's aight, it's aight. Whatever, whatever. Home of UCLA. You know, I have to hate a little bit. <laughs> Look, the Rose Bowl is California property, no matter which which yeah, side yeah, of the yeah. uh, the powder blue and, and cardinal that you land on. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, that's the biggest. I, I, I'm not good with resolutions without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, look at me. Like, I, I can't even get my hair to go straighter. Or, or Hold on now. Out. It's almost bun. It, is it man bun We time? got a little something there going on go, There we go. There we go. But the but the strays are flying off as you can see. So you know, um, it's just. But uh, that's the biggest thing for me is is that you know sports matter. They're important. I think we need to to finally acknowledge the fact that it's a critical part of our society and it's part of how we function and get by. And so I think that's my biggest thing is just is taking everything, enjoying it as best I can, and and really I think my focus this year has become telling the story. Um, yes. You know of, of these teams of these athletes of what's going on because. I think in a much grander scheme, misinformation is is, is out there. And, and so yeah. whatever we can do to tell the right story, to give people the right information, that's that's a huge part of things for us. I love that, Brian. I love that. What a great note to end on. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I want you to have a great time in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Hopefully we get to hang out. We're going to see. We're going to try and make it happen. Um, I'm I'm up in the air i don't know i, don't I know. know where i stand in the in the cindy's rolodex so no it, not it, at all my plans i have no plans um we'll talk offline either yeah. way you're not having plans might be the might be the most like 
you know, craziest thing. Yeah, we're in COVID, Brian. We're in COVID. <laughs> These are things to consider. Um, but you all can check out Brian on Locked On Youths with Jake Hatch, um, all through Monday through Friday on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow along at Locked On Youths on Twitter and then at Brown Bear SLC on Twitter for Brian's personal handle. I'm sure he'll be tweeting off the rails. Ooh, Brian, are you tweeting from Locked On Pack 12 tomorrow? Uh, it, we'll figure something out. E- okay. Either that or the locked on Utes. Maybe we'll hand Jake the keys to locked on Utes, and uh, I'll send some uh, some. I'll I'll be in the stands. I won't be in the box. I I wanted okay. to enjoy this one as a fan. You know. Well, then somebody. you know what? Don't even we'll, worry. We'll send. Uh, we'll do. We'll do like some man on the street stuff. You know, from the okay. tailgate lot and all that kind of that stuff. That would be fun. Sure. That would be fun. Yeah. Before you get too crazy and enjoy the game, yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. Um. So you guys, make sure you check out Locked On Pack Twelve podcast. On Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12. Follow on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. And then go watch the Cougs right now. Go watch them. They're playing right now. Go go watch. Go watch. Uh, other than that, uh, may, you made this your first listen every day, and we greatly appreciate it. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q and uh, giving expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Check it out and make sure you stay locked on Pac-12 on the Locked on Network. There you have it from uh, the the New Year's Eve episode of the Locked on Pac-12 podcast. Just a little discussion there about, uh, you know, some Rose Bowl stuff with Cindy that that would be fun to add into this one. Uh, As always, appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Good luck. Go Utes tomorrow. Uh, as always, thank you for following Locked on Utes on whatever platform it is that you listen to for making us your first listen every single day. Huge shout out to uh, everyone who's contributed to the podcast this year, uh, especially Jake Hatch, Sammy Mora, Cole Bagley, um, and and every single one of you that tweets uh, questions and and. and segments uh the aka the ask utah punt team anything uh episodes uh, are some of my favorites it's been a great uh joy and a pleasure and i promise that we'll uh kind of get back on track with things come uh the new year but in the meantime tomorrow should be a great game thank you everybody uh as always and uh we'll be back talking to you on the locked on news podcast next year 